Hey folks, welcome back to Shootside. I'm your host, Ferris Simon. It's good to be back, and today we're going to do a little something different with uh, the episode, and I'll break it down for you uh, right here. This is the third season of doing this podcast, and it's been a super rewarding process, and maybe I should peel back the veil a little bit on on how all this works, at least how we operate within this podcast. We try to do 20 to 24 episodes a year. Uh, the first year was pretty, pretty much predominantly interviews. Uh, starting last year, we brought Travis Bagley in. We do a hot takes every other week with interviews, and it's all been, it's been going really well. And the, the funny thing is, is when I started this, I think it was June two years ago, really had no idea anyone would listen. And now we have a pretty loyal following to the point that there's, you know, TikToks and things of that nature uh, put on uh, social media and things like that. And people are excited that we're back. You know, with that comes a certain level uh, of pressure that I put on myself to deliver really good content. I thought the first year's feedback was phenomenal and and with the guests that we had and, and last year's feedback and guests and season that we had was unbelievable as well. And, and it's really hard to, to top that. And as we moved into season three, uh, and, and this is me getting real with you guys here for a minute, that there is a certain level of anxiety and pressure that you, that I put on myself to, to put the product out there and the content out there that I think the listeners can find value in and want to hear and will appreciate so that together, hopefully we can make uh, this industry a better place while also providing some level of entertainment value. Some of the struggle that I've ran into recently, it's been a couple things. One, my personal life and the things I do outside of podcasting seems to get busier. And I don't know that if anyone else has this problem, I'm assuming you guys do. It seems like every year that goes by, somehow the good Lord shaves minutes off the day. And I don't know where all the time seems to go, but uh, I wish I could find it. And, and so that's been a problem, you know, within my own personal realm of just finding that extra time because these episodes do take a long time, uh, or at least takes us a long time, takes me a long time to produce. I don't edit them anymore, which is why I have a sponsor, but still by the time that you kind of figure out what the topic is, you record it, you proof it, you get it edited, you get it turned back around you within a week and you hear it again to make sure it's good. It takes, it takes some time. And there's some episodes that go in the trash can that we don't like and we redo them again. And when I said earlier about peeling the veil back, what I'm talking about is we'll bank some of these episodes up before uh, we even started and launched the season. We've got six or seven episodes recorded, not including this one. And this one, by the way, today is Thursday, April 21st, and I'm doing this. So the last couple days, we're in the second week. I'm recording this within the second week of release. And there's a couple things that have prompted me to come on and do this kind of episode that's out of the ordinary. We've been banking these episodes and we've been trying to push out content. And for whatever reason, this year I have had more trouble getting synced up with 
with the schedules of, of folks that are, are coming on. And that has nothing to do with the people that have agreed to come on because it, we're all busy. A lot of it, I think, has to do with this podcast and what we're trying to do. But for whatever reason, I've had more difficulty syncing my availability with those, with that of my guests, which has caused a little problem about consistent content because if you're a loyal listener to this podcast, you expect when we're running to hear a, you know, a new episode every week and expect that and you deserve that. And it creates some sort of some levels of stress and anxiety when you look down the calendars like, well, I got I got to get this stuff done um, for the fans and the people that are listening. And to the podcasts out there that do do that every week, and I'm talking about, you know, the stock talks or hook, and I'm not really sure how they go about their scheduling, but they're doing it 52 weeks a year and scheduling guests, I commend them because it is a challenge. It's tough and it's been it's been tougher for me this year than it has before. And that's something that we're working on overcoming. The second thing that I was thinking about today that was brought to my attention, and I've had a couple people bring it up to me, is that on episode one this year, maybe Travis and I weren't quite as tight as we normally are. What I mean by that used a lot more filler words than we usually do, particularly the word, word like, which comically enough, I think you would expect uh, that type of terminology, like, 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 uh, coming from a Californian or some sort of beach girl. And I say that tongue in cheek, maybe not from a Texas panhandle banker, but Travis isn't on here to defend himself. So maybe at some future point, we'll let him defend. But I think what was most frustrating to me about hearing that feedback isn't so much that our grasp of the English language isn't very good, uh, which I could have told you that before we started podcasting. It is that uh, I was so focused on pushing content out that when I proofed that episode that I didn't catch it. And for that, I apologize. You guys, the listeners, deserve better than that. So as I'm thinking through these things today, I get a phone call from a good close friend of mine, Brent Cromwell, uh, down there in Waxahachie, Texas. And if you follow uh, the Simon Cattle Facebook page at all, you will see that Brent and I do a lot of business, and I consider him a very close friend, even if we didn't do any business. And we're talking about life and how busy this cattle business can be, and as you scale your program, how sometimes your personal life gets um, thrown to the wayside. Of which, and don't hold me to this, but I'll put him on blast right now. He says he's going to come on after bugging him for two years to do an episode. He He's going to come on here in a couple months and he and I are going to have a chat about scaling this business and still finding time for your personal life and, and trying to achieve that balance. But regardless, we got to talk. He asked how the podcast was going and I explained to him kind of what I've just explained to you, the listener of, of some of my my concerns uh, moving forward. And I told him, I was like, Hey, I don't mean, I don't want to say this, but you know, it's been a lot tougher this year. It's been a lot more challenging to find the time to do it. 
to get the guests rounded up and just finding the time to produce it of the quality that I want. And uh, it's not as fun as it used to be. It, it really isn't as fun as it used to be. It doesn't seem to be. Maybe I'm just having a, a bum day. But, uh, you know, I need to kind of shake things up a little bit and look at this through a different perspective and decide if I want to continue to do it, which I know a lot of people find value in it. And I think if I can find that moment or that the joy that I did have in doing this and still provide the, um, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is, that value to you, the listener, that's a good thing. So kind of what I landed on and after talking to him a little bit is getting back to really, to a certain extent, getting back to where I started with this. And the whole concept when we started, I say we, when I started ShootSide, and the initial idea was to be a livestock knowledge exchange and to help those uh, to put information out there for those that maybe don't have the mentor or are just getting started or even those that are experienced. I mean, I learned stuff. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm a first generation uh, cattleman, but I've been doing this stuff for a long time and I still learn stuff every day, both from people that are more knowledgeable than me that have been doing this for a longer time, or maybe from someone that's just more knowledgeable than me on a specific instance that's only been doing it for a year or two, we learn all the time. And I want to get back to, to, uh, I want to get back to pushing that kind of information out there. And I think a way for me to do that is to just record some of these episodes. And this is new. This is going to be different where I come on here and I'll talk to you guys about whatever really it is on my mind or something I learned recently or something that I've seen and give you my take on that. And we're still going to do the interviews. We're still going to do some of the hot takes with Bagley, those types, that type of content that you've been accustomed to. But I want to get back to producing content that I think is going to be beneficial to the listener It's stuff that I enjoy talking about and hopefully something that is said on here and that's the goal with every episode is there's something on here that's thought provoking that you can learn from that we can talk about or, you know, maybe you guys think I'm dumb too and that's okay. Difference of opinion makes the world go around. So the way this is going to be set up is from time to time. We'll have these episodes. I'm going to come on here. It'll probably just be me solo. With uh, I'm going to have Natalie Clark from the season finale last season. She's going to kind of be my producer. If you've ever listened like Joe Rogan, he's got Jamie. She's going to be my Jamie and kind of help keep me on track. And we're going to, we're going to cut it up. So I hope you guys like this. If you don't, let me know. But we're going to produce a few episodes like this. And... Uh, Don't be surprised when you see them. So with that, I'm going to pause this for one second. And these are going to be a little more raw type episodes. We're not going to edit them as heavily. It's just going to be a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit more off the cuff and a little bit more personal, I think. Considering this is a new concept that I'm just trying out, 
don't feel like it's right to ask my sponsors to pay for this. So this ad read, I guess uh, this episode is brought to you by Simon Cattle. So if you don't know, uh, I also have a cattle business. We raise and sell show cattle. We have about 250 cows. We can raise spring and fall born, uh, predominantly show steers and composite seed stock. We have two sales coming up in September. We have one September 22nd, I think, and one October 23rd. Actually, let me look because it'd be really embarrassing if I gave you the wrong sale dates. September 22nd and October 20th held at the one, the only SC online sales, which is the platform uh, that we love to utilize. Free plug there for you guys over there at SEO. But we'll be selling quite a few steers and heifers uh, this fall on that platform with our partner, Jay Newton at Newton Cattle. Got a great group of consigners that are sending some stuff over. We like what we got. If you want to know more about us, you can check us out on Facebook, Simon Cattle or www.simon-cattle.com. And yeah, that was a shameless plug, but I did have someone recently on Facebook uh, chime in and ask why we don't promote ourselves more on the podcast. So I don't remember who that was, but uh, there you go. So I'm going to pause this for one second, bring my producer, Natalie, in here to uh, give a hand with this, and uh, we'll get going on today's episode. Okay, we're back from the brief pause. I have my producer, uh, Natalie. Natalie, can you say hi to the shoot side audience? Hi, guys. Nice to hear from you guys again. Well, actually, you you can't yeah. hear them. They can hear us. I don't know if you know how podcasts work, but that's they hear us. We can't hear them unless they message us. <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay. So... I just got done telling the audience kind of what we're doing and, you know, gave them this big sob story on how sometimes shoot side stresses me out. And what we're going to talk about today is the small things. And what I mean by the small things is the little things that, that we can do as people raising these show steers. And I, I'm not talking to the producers today. I'm talking to the actual families. Uh, what we can be doing to help ensure success or give us a better likelihood of success. I guess there's probably nothing that we can do to ensure success. But right now, this time of year, a lot of us are thinking about putting our calves in the cooler, thinking about getting them ready for state fairs, junior nationals. I know we've been having that conversation a lot with our customers, we've been visiting a lot of our customers, uh, going over feeding schedules. And the big things to me are pretty easy. We know that we have to keep them cool. We know we have to keep their pens clean. We know that we have to wash them and those kinds of things. We know we have to feed them. But really, what has become even more and more apparent to me as I've been to more shows recently, I've had the opportunity to judge a couple shows, is that the difference in quality is minute in the top end. And it's very, very distinct small things that will make the difference between winning your class and being third or winning the show and being third. And what it probably comes down to, in my opinion, a lot of times is management, and especially at state fairs or if you're a county fair family, it comes down to who wants it more and who's willing to do those small things. Now, Natalie has a background 
as you may recall from season two finale, she has a sheep background, but considering she's spending a lot more time around me lately, she is uh, picking up some more things about steers and my weird idiosyncrasies. But really, uh, would you say that I'm being kind of tough about the small things with these families? Oh, for sure. I think sometimes when it comes to the small things, um, if you don't stress on them, they don't necessarily pick them up. But at, at times, I feel like some of these families are kind of like, oh, that's a little thing. We don't really need to worry about that. Or, or they think I'm crazy. Well, they probably they, think they I'm think, crazy anyway. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, <laughs> we're not going to dive dive into that too terribly much. So, again, the premise of today's episode, we're getting our calves ready for summer shows small things. And if you recall back to last season's episode with John Gevlinger, we talked a lot about daily routine and we're going to talk about that a little bit today too. But everything we're covering today is based on my previous experiences and what I like and I don't like. And I'm going to tell you why we do things a certain way, why we like things a certain way. And uh, there's going to be some things that We'll agree with stuff you've heard uh, from our guests. Some will disagree, but it's really all personal preference because most everyone, everyone that I've had on is successful in my opinion and has a good way of doing it. I'm going to tell you what's worked for me. And I would hope that if you do apply these things, you find out if they work for you or adjust them so that they do work for you. But I'm going to tell you how we go about them. So if you're getting ready for a summer show, the first thing you got to do, and hopefully a lot of you have done this, and there's some of our customers that hadn't, and they got the wrath from me, is getting all their hair out, their dead hair. <laughs> if you're going to plan on having your calf hairy for your state fair, your county fair, you have to get that dead hair out. Now, there's basically two main ways to do that. Now, we're going to rewind it all the way back to season one. We had John Grower on. And there's a lot of people out there that like to shear those cattle. And basically what that is, is taking a blade like a 7112. Some people use the mediums on the listers or a plucking blade on a flathead. And you're down shearing those cattle. And a lot of times you're doing that on the moon cycle. There's, if you go to the farmer's almanac, there's a, there's a moon cycle calendar. and says best days to shear and, and still grow hair. And then there's also the days that says, uh, cut hair to decrease growth and none of us want that. So avoid those days, but it's basically down shearing those cattle. That's option. Number one, option number two is shucking them the old school way. So I'm going to tell you up front, I like shucking them better than I like down shearing them, but let's talk about down shearing first. And I know a lot of people get along very, very well with this strategy and it just doesn't work for me, but down sharing them. And most people, if you have an August state fair, have probably already got your calf sheared off. You're using one of those blades, a 7112 or a medium is going to take it really tight. Uh, plucking blades probably going to leave about a half inch. I kind of liked that better when I did it. There's a couple different ways, but you always leave the tail head. You always leave the legs and you leave their belly. And you leave, you know, from basically their belly wall down. Now, where there's probably some difference of opinion is I know some people that leave their quarter. And that's so when the calf lays on something, uh, they always have a lot of pressure on their stifle area just because that's where it's contacting the ground, that they don't get sores there. 
but I know people that'll shear that all the way off too and not have problems either. So um, I will say when you leave the quarter hair, sometimes it seems like that hair doesn't grow back really, really fresh. But I've also seen it when you shear that quarter hair off where you kind of get some sores about the size of a doll, uh, silver dollar on their quarter. And those are also really hard to get rid of. So keep that in mind if you plan on sharing them. But remember, leave their tail head, leave their bellies, just basically go straight down on their sides. Um, do not go up, go straight down. And you're not trying to like skin them out bald. You're wanting to leave a little bit. So like like I said, a 7112 blade on a sheep head is a pretty good blade to use. Um, or that plucking blade on a flathead slash beef head is another one that uh, works pretty well. I would highly suggest only shearing cattle that are black hided. Every time I've heard of someone doing a charlet colored one, it doesn't ever seem like it comes back right. Same kind of goes for red cattle. Those cattle have, it seems, charlet colored and red ones have a shorter hair cycle anyway. And when they're ready to let it rip, and let that hair go. Um, there's nothing you can even do to, to keep it in them anyway. So those aren't very hard to shuck. The reason I don't like sharing them, and this is my logic. Number one, I've seen cattle that were big, big haired that got down sheared and it never came back the same. I don't know why, but it almost came back wiry. Like if they were thick, woolly haired, I've seen it where they got sheared and it doesn't come back right. It's almost like when you clip a steer's back really tight, it almost takes a while for that hair to come back bushy. It wants to be wiry and stiff for a while. After you clip it tight, it's almost as if the base coat of the hair doesn't regrow as quickly because you just skinned it so tight. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but I've, I've seen that. And that scared me so bad several years ago that I've never wanted to do it again. Now, granted, the genetics on a lot of these show steers has improved to the point where maybe it doesn't matter. They're going to be hairy regardless. But anyway, I was scarred bad enough. I didn't want to try it a second time, even though I've seen it work very well plenty of times. Um, the other thing, logically speaking, though, is the root of the hair still needs to come out. And I don't, the logical part of my brain doesn't understand that if, how, if you down share them, how you actually get the root out, if it's so short, I, I would think you would still need to do some sort of shucking on them. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I can honestly tell you I've only down shared maybe a half dozen of them in my life. So if you're wanting to do that, maybe, call around, ask some people that have had success or better yet, if you get to your fair this summer and you see some that are really hairy, maybe ask those people what they did and they probably won't tell you everything, but maybe you can pick up a few, yeah. maybe pick up a few pointers from them. Um, I'm a fan of shucking them the old school way. And so what that entails is basically getting the hair out by physical elbow grease. And I've been told that I seem to like to find the hard way to do everything. So 
I don't even necessarily prefer those shedding combs, those new shedding combs, because I think they force some of the good hair out. Like they'll force it out instead of of taking it when it's available. Yeah, I would agree with that. You agree with that? Yeah, and I've noticed too that with those shedding combs, if you know there's- We're talking about the ones with the little hooks in them. Yeah, yeah. Literally looks like cat claws, like the little- Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I've noticed that when you're using it, if there's like, you know, sometimes they just from laying down and stuff naturally, they get little like knots or dreadlocks or whatever the heck. And I've noticed when you go to use that or try and break some of that up, it'll take the good hair with the dead stuff along with Mm -hmm. it. So what we've been recommending, and those are good if, if it seems like those shedding combs work good on a specific hair type. I shouldn't say that they don't work bad on they work bad. They work, it seems, on a long-haired animal that doesn't have a ton of base coat. Yeah. If they have a thick, thick base coat, almost like a sheep's wool type base coat to their hair, it seems like it'll yank and force a lot more of it out than if they're one of those longer-haired calves that don't have as much base. Those ones, it seems to work pretty well. Um. We prefer a combination of a horse shedding blade, which looks like a hoop, uh, a grill brick. And I've had a lot of families look at me, ask what a grill brick is. Uh, If you search it on Amazon, it's literally a pumice stone that you scrub your grill with. And they're cheap. They're like seven bucks, I think. And something that we found recently this year it's called a what's Actually, it called it's last year last year i introduced okay to it. you're welcome yeah uh it's a sleek S- easy what's Maybe. it what's it called again a sleek easy so it's mostly used for you know like domesticated animals like your cat and your dog but they also make larger ones for like your horses and those kind of things so um we take the larger one and just kind of go go to town. And the cool thing about those is it breaks down the, um, I want to say, like, all the dead skin. Like all the crud. crud. It almost exfoliates yeah, them, too, it looks ex- like. Yeah, it exfoliates, gets the b- dead, nasty hair out of there, and also it keeps the good hair still there. Yeah, so sleek, sleek easy. Uh, they sell them at Tractor Supplies Amazon. and Amazon has them, but it's basically, it looks like a wood handle. And when you get it, it has a almost a bandsaw blade in, yeah. in it, a very dull bandsaw blade. You obviously don't saw them with it. You go against the, the blade and it'll slick one up in a hurry. Mm-hmm. I've been very impressed with the results of that. So that's how we prefer to do it. And you take the hair as it comes. Now, Keep in mind in California, we've been warm since February, so those cattle are naturally shucking. If you go into the Midwest states, and I've talked to my Midwest friends about this concept, those cattle don't shuck naturally as as naturally as we do out here. So a big reason they like to shear them is because the hair comes back in a lot fuller and more even than it does if you try to uh, shuck them out because... For those of you in the Midwest, you know that this past week it snowed there. So your weather maybe isn't as cooperative. But moving on from that, did you have something to add, yeah, producer? I was, I was just going to add that 
Um, you definitely know when families are using their grill brick because on the edges it starts to round off and not be so square. So that's how you know, not only just looking at the calf, whether it's sh- shucked out or not, but also looking at the brick. Yeah, that would be pretty good for you parents that are listening. If you want your kids uh, to know if your kids have actually been shucking or not, get them a grill brick because when they show up, they're perfectly square. Mm-hmm. And after about a week's of use, they should almost be cylinder shaped. Yep. So you can tell we actually went to uh, one of our customers' places recently and the brick looked like it was brand new (laughs) and the calf was still hairy and we knew that uh, they still had some work to do. Let's talk about routine, 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 routine. And it's been brought up on this podcast before, but cattle are creatures of habit and it's almost, I think it was said on, if for those of you out there that that like to watch documentaries. Uh, I know the last dance, the one about Michael Jordan was a really popular one. Several years ago, I watched one about uh, USC when USC football was really, really good. Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush era. And they talk and I listened to a a Rogan podcast with uh, Marcus Luttrell, who is the lone survivor. And in all three of those, they talk about how, they practiced at such an incredibly high level that when it came time to execute, now obviously two of those examples are sports. One of them is warfare, which is drastically different uh, levels of stress. But the point being is on game day, it seems easy because you, you practice so hard. And I think if you take that approach to getting your calf ready, I think we can see incrementally more success on show day. And what I mean by that is get your calf used to whatever schedule that you are going to anticipate. If And that starts a lot of it with feeding. And that's a simple one. Pick two times, 12 hours apart. Now, there is some discrepancy. And I've tried all these different things. I've tried, for those of us that have cattle in coolers, I've tried feeding them in the cooler, in the cooler, it doesn't always work. They don't always like eating in there. I've tried the once a day feeding when you kick them out, but that feeding time will fluctuate depending on the daylight, depending on the temperature. And it seems like it's a little hard for them to be inconsistent or be consistent. So figure out something that works, whether that's one feeding outside, like in the morning before you put them in, one feeding at night in the cooler or one feeding outside outside after you remove them from the cooler or the barn, whatever that may be. But find something that's consistent that you can stick to. Make sure your measurements are consistent. Everything about it's consistent in your changes. If you're making alterations in your feed ration, they're, they're small and they're over time. Going back to the routine, I think it's helpful to think about what a calf's day on show day looks like and then create an environment at home to to mimic what that's going to be like. And I always have this discussion. I've had it with uh, my main guy around here, Adrian, who runs our show barn and does a lot of cow work for us. And I've had it with customers when we're trying to fit a calf at a show and the calf's acting terrible. And anyone who's ever worked on a calf at a show that doesn't want to be fit and is being a butthead can understand just the agony 
of that process and how frustrating it is. But the conversation goes something along the lines like this. If, if you're at home and your, your routine at home is in the afternoon, we tie them up for three hours and then we turn them out, let them loose, let them go do his thing. And you're tying them up at 1 PM. You let them loose at three or 4 PM. And then granted, Things are different during the school year. Right now, all the everyone's kids are getting ready to be out of school. Or if you're in California, you're, you're total Zoom learning, so you have a little bit more, a little bit more uh, flexibility than what you would normally have. But hang in here with me. You time up at one, you get home from school, two time up, mess around in a couple hours, kick him out. That practice schedule that he has looks nothing like game day. Because that Cavs game day is really, he gets up in the morning, what most people, at least our group's game day looks like, get to the show, we exercise them, we feed them, we feed them at the same time they've been getting fed at home, then they get washed, and that's an hour and a half, two hour process, then uh, they get fit, which is an hour, hour and a half process, Uh, then they show for another hour or two and depending on the you know the show and how everything's getting ran i mean there's times that you're waiting around standing waiting around waiting around standing and you're asking them to continue to perform and do different things and they're tired and they've been their schedule on show day doesn't even remotely look like what their schedule at home looks like because they're thinking in their head well, I've done my two hours of stand. I, I, I was stood here. I got washed. I got brushed. I feel great. Now it's time where I get to go out and I get to eat. I get to go kick my heels up and I'm done for the day. But now you're asking me to do all this extra stuff and they're going to throw a fit. And even in California, most of our shows, which can be a completely different podcast episode, they do their showmanship in the morning on show day, which uh, we could talk about that a com- completely different day why I would prefer it be a different schedule but for those families that show showmanship they they get them up they wash them they show showmanship then they lay them down that calf thinks he's done for the day and this sounds crazy I don't think I've shared this with too many people but when I was in high school and we had we were dead set and trying to win our state fair our state fairground drives in the evening at seven o'clock. Our steer show was in the morning, and we knew we had to bed those calves down, break them down, tie them down in between the drive. Like we're going to try to win this thing, so we we would schedule, we would tie them up in the morning, we'd wash them, we'd make them stand, do their stuff in the cooler, then we would tie them down. We're like, well, if the drive's at seven, we're getting that calf up again at five thirty to dress them. I would make the calf stand again from five thirty to eight o'clock because. That's the schedule he would be on if we win throughout the day and we get a shot to win the show. Because at that crucial moment, at 7 p.m., that calf's got to perform. You have to perform. He has to know his job. It is the little things. It's the little things like that that I'm kind of trying to build this episode around that I believe will make the difference and make incremental difference. If you do just one of these things, probably minimal but i think if you can incorporate as many of these little things as possible in your program and it doesn't necessarily i shouldn't necessarily make it sound like it has to be the things i'm telling you but little details add up to 
big details. So, routine. Let's talk about rinsing and uh, rinsing and washing a little bit. Because, as we all know, you have to rinse and wash quite a bit in the summertime to grow hair. That That's no secret. But if you've ever, if, if you're one of those folks that does some clipping or is starting to clip, you'll come to find out really quickly that, that cattle that don't, um, that their hair isn't trained real good are pretty hard to clip when the hair is going every, every different which way. So spend a lot of time breaking that hair. And when we're rinsing those calves, let's, let's do it with a purpose. It's not only to get them wet and to cool their body down, cool their temperature down, but, and I explained it this way to you the other day, Natalie, we we're talking about it is almost brush them with the water hose. We want, even though that we're, we're going to brush them after we're done rinsing them and we're going to blow all that hair forward. I still think that it's little things such as rinsing all that hair forward and pushing it all forward and pushing in the same direction, like you're brushing the hair that I think makes a difference when it counts. You know, if you're going to rinse down the middle of his back, go right down the middle of his back, get all that hair, treat it like a brush, treat it like a blower hose. Washing is also very important because the cleaner and the healthier the hide that you have on these calves, the better quality and a better quantity that your hair growth is going to be. Now, there's a there's a line in there somewhere, and it's different on each calf. And and those of you out there listening probably don't know this, but Natalie uh, went to cosmetology school. I did, <laughs> and has a great understanding of hair. Nonetheless, the point of this is is each calf is a little bit different. Each calf's skin's a little bit different. Each calf's hair type is going to be a little bit different just like people just like people so when you start using different soaps and sh- and products there's not a one size fits all i can tell you that you're going to have to soap a certain amount you're going to have to put certain amounts of oil and sheen but the particular quality or quantity and brand of each and type of each it's kind of a Let's see what works and then react accordingly. On the soap, if you have one that's really, really, really dirty, yes, a dish soap like a Joy. Um, I don't love Dawn. I think that dries them out too much. Really, I just like Joy. <laughs> we'll get them clean. However, I don't suggest that you use Joy every day because it is dish soap. It is harsh. It's going to take a lot of natural oils and stuff out of their skin and hair and especially in the summertime where the best way to replenish any natural oil and skin generally speaking is some sort of oil product which heats them back up i'm i'm cautious about how much i think we should be using dish soap there is some soap out there on the market that i do like that is for human hair and my favorite one now is rolling her eyes is this stuff you can get at Sally's. It's called Quantum and it's not cheap, but let's face it. Nothing about this project is. So that's my favorite one. I also like Tresemme. Uh, that's what I was really rolling my eyes about. But 
Tresemme happens to be the same shampoo I use on my own head. So Quantum or Tresemme are good daily use ones if you want, or even every other day. They get them clean and they're not very harsh and they won't rip a bunch of natural oil out of their skin and hair. So after you wash them or uh, wash them or rinse them, you're going to brush them. And this gets back to like the little things that I think are so important. It's brushing them the exact same way every time. Do it the same way every single time. And it's immensely, immensely important when that hair is short and kind of bristly and young that you do it the same way every time. On the subject of brushing, you can use those little scrubby brushes, those Sullivan uh, or Weaver brushes, the plastic wash brushes. Those are good. But in the summertime, when we have these calves in the cooler, I, I wonder if that doesn't irritate their hide too much, those, those plastic bristle, bristles, because we're rinsing those calves in the morning, we're rinsing those calves in the evening. A lot of people rinse them during the day, which I don't because I don't, like, I don't have a wash rack in my cooler. I don't want to take them out. I guess if you don't have them in a cooler, it's, it's a good way to cool them off. But keep in mind, every time you're rinsing them, even if it's just water, you're taking oil out of their hair and condition. You have to replenish at some point. I really like the old school rice root brush. I really like that. Or those um, those brown paddle brushes or a 360 brush. That's what I was about to say. Those are really nice. But I really like those old, especially on like uh, on a calf that doesn't have a lot of hair that you're just getting started on. Those rice root brushes are really nice. Know a lot of people like those drill brushes and rotor brushes. For me, it's not my jam. I, I don't I don't care for them. I think, and I had someone that really knows how to grow hair tell me that when that hair is just getting started, it's a little bit fragile, and he worried that that drill brush would shatter that hair. With that said, there's places that I know have big haired calves every summer. And I know they use those drill brushes. So maybe I'm just not using them right. I just prefer it the old-fashioned way. When you're getting them dry, blowing them out, same thing. Same thing. Let's blow them out the same way every time. And what I mean by that is develop some sort of pattern. For me, it's I kind of start up on their shoulder and I work back to their hip. And then I go down on their lower shoulder, do their lower rib. Then I switch sides, do the same thing, come back, do the same thing. But this time I do neck, leg, belly, leg, switch the other side and alternate back and forth. What I would hope you would avoid is getting one side completely dry while leaving the other side completely wet. Because when you do that, that hair is just going to be glued down and you'll notice over time the side that you dried second will have flatter, less lower quality hair. The one thing I was going to ask you is, um, were you forgetting to tell everybody that, you know, you're supposed to have a shorter person with you when you do that because you typically leave the belly and leg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, If you're a taller person like me, it's helpful to have a shorter person around to to get the bellies and legs. It's just (laughs) science. Well, and I will say, um, just for like the girls out there listening, I mean, you part your hair the same place every single day. 
it's going to be that way. It's just like the same way if you were to comb your calf the same way or brush your calf the same way every day. Eventually, it'll just be that way. Yeah, and it's those details that I think pay off big time in the end. Let's talk about a little bit of hair products and uh, showmanship, and then I think that's pretty much it for today unless Natalie can remember something that I forgot, which is a regular occurrence. (laughs) Hair products, we briefly talked about it earlier. Combination of oils, um, sheens. I really like uh, laser sheen and the ultra sheen, the concentrate. Um, There's another product that'll add like more of a conditioning element that you could put in your sheen. That Weaver Pro Hair is something that I like. I like liniment oil. Um, I really like Mane and Tail Conditioner. That's an an old school product, but it continues to work. Uh, We put that on them every time we wash. We'll condition them. You know, and then your various revives. And if you go to Sally's Beauty, there's the the Pro Pink. Well, I guess the Weaver Pro Pink, but it used to be Luster's Pink Oil. There's the different olive oils and shea butter oils and this and that. But basically, put those on your calf and see what it looks like. I, I wouldn't say that you ever really, at least in my opinion, want those calves to be really oily looking. I just after you blow it in and work on it, uh, I think you want it to look healthy. Yeah. Healthy, yeah. not oily, healthy, not dry. Glisten a and little. you'll notice that when you're getting enough, enough, uh, oil and more like oil in that hair, that it'll have a lot more body. It'll respond better to the comb. It'll respond better to the blower yeah. and, and build that routine and whatever re- wash routine you have, that should also carry over to the show. And that wash routine looks like wash, brush, dry, work their hair for a little while. And then, you know, maybe it's put them down. Maybe it's take them to the shoot. Kind of depends on your personal preference. Other thing about washing I forgot to bring up. Big fan of those foamers. Old school me, maybe you'd think that I'd still like to bottle wash them, which for those that you don't know what that is, that's where you have this, the, the stream of water and you're literally squirting the soap into the stream. I still do that if I don't have my foamer, but I like the foamers and I actually like putting, uh, foaming them while they're still dry, like dry soaping them is kind of what I call it. It To me, it seems like the soap gets down in the roots better because when you're foaming them, it's mixing water with the soap. So you're kind of getting them wet with the foam, with the soap all at the same time. To me, it seems a little bit more effective about, especially on the bushy haired ones to get that soap way down in there. Now, if they're crusty in some spots, you might have to soap that place twice. I can tell you have something to say, but let me say one more thing before I forget. We talked earlier about soaping and using dawn and this and that and this time of year if you're if you're saying hey these lighter duty shampoos the tresemme the quantum or whatever you can get at the show supply trailer is not getting them clean you have a pen hygiene problem wherever you're keeping your calf isn't clean and you need to worry more about that than the kind of soap you're using if you're having to wash them with dawn three times a week, really any more than once a week. Well, you should never wash them with Dawn, in my opinion. Only joy if you're using dish soap. Personal opinion, not fact. But 
if you're having to use dish soap more than once a week, I think this time of year, you really have a pen hygiene problem or wherever you're keeping them, whether it's a stall in your barn, is kick out pen at night. You need to work on that. Speaking of which, kick out pens. Your calves still need to be calves. So make sure you have ample space for them to run at night. A lot of times if you're keeping them cooped up in the barn, they still need extra exercise. So figure out how you're going to achieve that, adding that exercise. I'll come back to Natalie now because I totally steamrolled her. What did you want to add? <laughs> no, I was just going to uh, comment. You made the comment about uh, when they're dry and then um, going in there with the foamer. The one thing I will say is for the ones that do have like the residue or just that are extra dirty, I will say when you do put the foamer on there directly when they're dry, it does help a little like activate breaking down those like sulfates or the, you know, their extra yuckiness, I guess. Did you just get hair scientific on us right now? I don't know what the sulfates are. Sorry, that's something that's like so you can have buildup in in after using so many products and all that kind of stuff there can be buildup in their sulfates in that those products and what it does is it builds up on the hair and the skin here's a great example um when you prolate if you prolate too often and it doesn't rinse out the one thing i will say is going ahead and washing them when they use the foamer when they're dry what that does is it directly goes in and tries to ultimately start breaking down on the prolate buildup i did not know that yeah a little did not know that yeah Yeah, prolate is the anti-lice solution if you've used it you can't ever forget forget it hopefully none of you are having to use it this time of year but uh, if you haven't used it, I, I feel bad for you uh, when you do because it will knock your knock your doors off. It is strong. Anyway, uh, one other thing I forgot to mention now that I'm looking through this uh, itemized list is uh, very basic. When you wash your calf, blow all the dirt and debris off of them before you add any water or soap. So just get in there, spend a few minutes getting them all the shavings and dirt and stuff. And that'll save you a lot of time. But other than that, I think that's about it for this week, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, I think the biggest thing is remembering a routine. And then on top of that is sticking to it when you go to shows. And also remember, like, don't stray away from certain things. I mean, I know we've gone to shows before and families have asked, you know, hey, do do we feed hay? Well, what do you do at home? You feed hay at home? which I hope all of you are, <laughs> feed them hay at the show. And really, if you if you prepare your calf on a daily basis and you, you mimic what show day is going to be like, or maybe even make it a little bit harder, your calf is going to be well prepared for show day and it's going to be easy for him. If you don't, he's going to fight you. We didn't talk about showmanship, and I think it's the same thing. We'll, I'll briefly discuss about this. You need to work showmanship with those calves and get them to the point where they're automatic. And it's something that embarrassingly I never realized until recently how few times a judge will look at a calf in a show ring. I didn't realize it until I judged these couple shows here recently that how little the window is that a judge will actually spend looking at a specific calf. Mm -hmm. It is a short window. It's when they're walking in, 
when they're set up a little bit and then when they walk them again, they'll see each one briefly for a few seconds. And then when they line them up on a profile, again, briefly. And their comparative looks, I'm looking at calf one, I'm looking at calf two, looking at three, back to one. It is incredibly important that your calf is on point and he's set up because those are split second decisions usually. Mm-hmm. They're, and a lot of them, at least for me, and I, I plan on having an episode later where I kind of go through some stuff I've learned from my recent judging experience. We have one that I did with Bagley, but I got another one that I've been thinking about. Those, those, I don't want to call those decisions reactionary, but they're gut level decisions. And all it takes is one bad look to get you beat. Yeah. And the calf doesn't even have to be bad. It's just maybe he's not on point. Maybe he's not set up just right. In that moment, the calf didn't look his best. And you're getting beat. That's just, that's how it's going to work. And I guess in in summary, the way I I look at all this stuff that we covered today is whether it's your county fair, your state fair, major, junior national that you're getting ready for, especially on the steer side, this is, this is what you bought your calf for. This is the culmination. We've went to the prospect shows. We've went to all the winter preview shows. This This is, this is what we're working for. And I can promise you there is no worse feeling than getting beat and looking back and saying, I think I could have left a little bit more in the field. I didn't, I didn't do it as good as I could have. And I know it. And so whatever you do, whether you use these tips or tips from whoever you're working for, think about that, work towards your goal, do the little things right. And I promise you they will add up to bigger things. Yeah. So with that, uh, like we said in the beginning of this episode, this actually ran longer than I thought it would. But this is a new concept. This is kind of a new style of thing that I'm playing with. So hit us up in the messages. Let us know if you like it, don't like it. I plan on doing more stuff like this. Uh, because I think it's getting back to basics on why I originally started this podcast platform. So we'll be hopping on here, me and hopefully Natalie will come back and join. But let us know your feedback. Let us know what you do and don't want to hear. Shootsidepodcast at gmail.com. You could hit us up at Facebook, Instagram, same handles. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. If you like what you're hearing, give us a review on your favorite listening platform but until next week take it easy we'll talk to you soon